Welcome to the OTL podcast of what a time to be an Airdrie supporter, joint top of the league and I've got three guests here to, to revel in it. So uh, Andrew Duffy, competition winner Andrew Duffy, have you chosen between your off the ball face mask or your off the ball mug yet? Went with a mug, went with a mug, I've got enough face masks, I've got about 40 face masks, I've probably got about 40 mugs as well but... Okay. <laughs> Has it arrived? No, not yet, not yet, I'll keep you posted. Good to have you back on and here from the start here again, Alan Porteous. How are you, Alan? Hello, fine. Still COVID free after all these years. So yeah, <laughs> magic. Uh, and uh, Darren Orr making a debut. So Darren, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Colin. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, Darren, I've known you for a, a long time, but for, for the listeners, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? And, and why do you support Airdrie? So um, I used to live across the, the road for sitting Colin Telford, host <laughs> the, the OTL podcast. Um, so I've probably known him since he was what, a baby or something. Um, it was really good pals with your brother, big brother David. Um, your house looked on at my side garden. One of the best what, amateur seven-year-old goalkeepers I've ever seen. <laughs> like, good at diving one direction. And I think um, your dad was sort of responsible for Partially responsible for getting me um, any support in Airdrie, I think. Uh, he took me, uh, Airdrie Unions, me the first game with your big brother, David. I think you were maybe two wee then. Um, well, I really wasn't into football, and then David was cutting about with a lot of Scotland talk. David is a bit younger. And then um, I think I was starting to kick the ball about a bit more. And then I'd went to one game. I think my grandpa took me to a couple of games, and then in stepped the other um, podcast legend, Colin Campbell, who he was like my football dad. He used to drive me about everywhere and take me to all the games. He'd phone me on a Friday night and say, Right, this is where we're going tomorrow. Some weeks I didn't even know where we were going. He just told me what time he was picking me up at. And then uh, we spent lots of journeys like traveling around Scotland, probably for like maybe 89, 90, up until like 96, the good years. I think I missed like three or four games. So um, that was those were the grey old days, and listen, to, to Colin how he was cheating at Scrabble on the Sunday because he was a history teacher and he made up words and knew about all the civilizations and all the, the sort of the things in their houses and things, and nobody would ever challenge about Scrabble. So, I uh, and, and sitting in car parks and the way out, listening to the scores, trying to Morton three, and you were trying to guess what the score was for Aloha, and uh, I just it was just good times and. Obviously, I had a great, great team, great memories, fantastic players at that time and stuff. So, um, it was really, it was really easy to sort of love you, Did he take petrol money off you? <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't. I, I would have charged me petrol money. Um, I know you're only seven years old, son, but that'll be fourteen pound fifty. <laughs> I think it, you know, Colin better than well, maybe not better, but oh, no, I'm just um, asking. I'm just asking. No, no, it was it was it was great and, and, and took me along. And even when uh, my grandpa was getting a bit older and couldn't go to the games, he'd give uh, my old Jimmy around to the games. He was part of the old main stand in Airdrie where they booed all the managers and made them cry and but only clapped if they scored. Do you know what I mean? Had nothing good to say unless they they, they stuck the ball in the, the onion bags. So um great times. And you had a bit of a hiatus, Darren, so you stopped going to games for quite a while, probably fell out of it, but you've come back. So so what dragged you back to to, to watch Airdrie? Well, I, I think, I mean, I played pool a lot and stuff over the years and had that on a Saturday and things. And um, and it wasn't, I left it, it wasn't the same when it was kind of like Clyde Bank. I just didn't feel that. We'd move, we'd move to the park. I don't know. We'd been in for a few years and stuff. And then, so actually my, my cousin, my cousin was going. Um, he was taking his his boy. He he plays with Alawa at the moment. He's seventeen. He might get into the big team in the next couple of years. And they'll be playing on Saturday anyway. Um, and uh, I they were going, and I was like, I'll just I'll just go along. And 
I think I might have went to one game or I might have went to, like, I don't know if it's called Douglas Park now, but I went to Hamilton when, when Clyde were playing there. And I think we scuffed them and it was like 3-2 or 4-2 or something. And they had that, the man you left back, the, the sort of ginger-haired guy played a couple of years ago, um, left back. Can't remember his name, it was like him playing and stuff. And they looked all right at that point and then basically suffered for a, a couple of years and now I'm much happier this year. <laughs> What was that guy's name? Before Leon McCann came in and replaced him, I read here guy being at Man United. That's terrible how quickly you forget players' yeah. names. It's well, I, remember, I remember more games from the nineties than I remember. Like I, I've been in like the last few weeks, and I remember more about games thirty years ago than I remember about the games now. So, um, but I can't remember the guy's name. Somebody will know. I put a competition on coming ask somebody. To Google it and get it by the end of the podcast, right? So it's funny because life can take you in and out of being able to go to the football. And with family this year, I've only got I've only I've got a season ticket, but I've been to one league game and the Motherwell game, so I've not been able to see this rise from one point out of three to joint top of the league. So I need you guys to fill me in. So Andrew, what what are you enjoying about watching Andrew at the moment? Well, first of all, we just need to make sure you don't come back then, because <laughs> clearly that's. I don't go in for this jinx voodoo stuff, you know, the, the superstitions of every football fan. But clearly, if we've been winning apart from when you've been there, well, the only league game you were at, we get turned over. So just you stay where you are. Um, yeah, it's been very enjoyable to watch once we kind of got our act together. I think um, probably more so than in recent seasons, there was a big turnover of the squad. Um big change-up in player, um, big change-up in style as well. And that took a few games to bed in uh, because at the start of the season it was looking a wee bit dodgy, particularly after the Troas game, the opening game of the season. I remember thinking that was particularly painful and that we might be in for a long, long year. But they've they've really picked it up. They've gelled um, together that much is obvious. They're playing nice stuff. They've got exciting football players on the park. And so far, we, you know, we, we we look, we've played everybody once now, we look, or in Falkirk's case, more than once, we look um, more than capable of being in the conversation again at the top end of the league, as, as we were for the majority of last season, in fairness to last year's squad. Um, we were only two points off the top at the end of the day, and I don't think anyone that I've seen thus far looks as strong as this were towards the end of last season. When we came back after the freeze that they put imposed on the league and Thistle kind of kicked on, I don't think they lost the game. That wee period, they looked stronger than anyone I've seen um, so far this season. So, yeah, I fully expect we will be in the conversation now as, as things stand. Alan, we paint you as the pessimist of the podcast. I know you were telling me it's Adam Eckers League because I've just I just had to check that one. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you, what do you reckon? We have we have seen uh, we've seen with Ian Murray's teams over his tenure, little runs of kind of five, six, seven games or whatever, and we've just had a brilliant one. Uh, but I'm thinking I remember going up to Starks Park when we were top of the league, uh, and then losing that game and, and kind of struggling a bit. So with the squad we've got, are you? Confident the opposition as well. Are you confident that we've we've got more chance of sustaining it this year? No, I definitely I definitely think so. And just listen to Andrew talking there about last year. I think it feels different this year from last year. I always felt that while we were always there or thereabouts, you know, we were we ran our luck at times, you know, we were quite limited in the way we played. We were, you know, humped the ball into the box and hopefully we get a break in front of it, you know, that type of thing. We were never dominating teams. We never had a lot of possession. And it, and it, and it just changed. It just feels completely different now. You know, we hang on to the ball. We've got good possession. We, we're patient. We seem to be able to unlock defences a wee bit more. Um, there's a bit more design to it. And I think over the last month or so, there's been a bit more consistency to it as well. You know, you, you're... I feel that we're turning up and we're looking for goals. We're looking to dominate teams. And I mean, we didn't do that before. I still think, you know, you, you do paint me as a pessimist and I do think there are still issues. I think we're not defending particularly well at times. Although before we started this, we were talking, we defend well sometimes, but, but uh, you know, there's an inconsistency there. We're still not good on a, still not good on a cross ball. You know, we give away a lot of free headers. 
we seem to very frequently the defenders are oblivious to the man at the back post. You know, we lost a goal again on Saturday from it. Um, it, it crops up quite frequently, and there's that feeling that you know we maybe just have to keep outscoring our opposition, and you know, to which which is no bad thing in an entertainment stakes, but um, a, a bit tighter. And I think we're really going to be the team to beat. And like Andrew says, I don't. I've not been. Hugely impressed by the other teams. You know, Queen of the South have got some Queen of the South. Queen's Park have got some good good players. They're very well organised, um, but they've not really scored any goals against us. You know, so that and I've watched a couple of their, their games and they've not got a prolific goal scorer there. I don't think. Um, so you know that will limit them at the end of the day. Um, Cove have got a couple of decent players that are a bit are as good as the players we've got our best players. But I don't think there's too many of them. You know, that's like marquee signings. And, um, you know, I think they're a little bit limited as well. Falkirk's a bit of a bone of contention. We were having a big debate um, about whether Falkirk were absolutely honking or they were actually reasonably <laughs> OK. And, and a lot of folk think they weren't. They haven't been particularly good. But I thought they've played quite good football up until the last third. Um, but they, they still don't have a goal scorer, clearly. So that's going to limit them as well. So... So yeah, I th- I'm, I'm very encouraged. I, I think we're very much in there pitching. Um, I think a couple of things have made the difference over the last couple of weeks. That well, I think I think McEnroy coming in feels like a little bit of the missing piece of the jigsaw. You know, he's you know for a young guy, he's very composed on the ball, and I think he fits in quite nicely. And I think I just I feel that the the, the midfielders are. are making themselves more available when we're recycling the ball. You know, that pass, pass, pass across the back four, that was fine, but we were guilty towards the start of the season of not having an option in front of us and just humping the ball the way we were looking um, and, and asking a lot of Gallagher and co up front. Now, the guys in the middle of the park are dropping short for, for option to give the guys options and, and, it's, and, and, and it's getting us forward better, we're keeping better possession it's keeping the opposition off their off their guard a wee bit more. So, you know, it's it, it, it's all looking pretty good, to be honest. If we can just if we can just maintain the the positivity in, in, in many ways. I know we're probably going to talk about the, you know, where could it all go wrong. But I think our biggest our biggest fear is just a wee bit of overcaution and not having confidence and 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 playing decent football and, and getting getting our quality footballers on the ball to do their stuff. You know, we have the ability. It's just going and imposing it on the opposition. Aaron, you like a bet? There's a smart money on Airdrie. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> my money's in Airdrie. Um, I was in the I was in the queue here speaking to Big Gary, and he's like, I'm, "What you got to bet on?" My goes I, but I couldn't even find each way button, so we just stuck it in the nose. So they need to win otherwise. I'm, I'm broke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did, did you watch the the folk Q and A? Darren, did I see you comment that you you sat through some of that? I've turned into like a what ten year old Darren the last few days and stuff, just with the, the euphoria of the weekend. It's like I'm watching like Queens Park Alloy games. I'm <laughs> I'm watching the like the, the Falkirk Q and A. I lasted about twenty minutes, and I'm like, why am I watching this like <laughs> this trash? And it was just it was like car wreck TV. It was like something you'd watch with like the wife, some sort of reality show. And the guys, I mean. That they're brave guys, the folk, the folk at board for, for standing up to the fans. They were just having none of it. So, um, and they were just, it was there a point they were just saying, We've got this player now, he's better than this player that was there before. And they were actually going through like a list of names. And I'm like, Can like, you know, you're recording this, you're just slagging <laughs> off guys on TV. So, Alan, um, Alan Gow came in for some stick. Uh, that was really notable. Uh, oh, really? I just, I, I kind of just turned off. I must have turned off at that point because I never. I never, I don't know Alan Gow that well. I know, he, I think maybe I seen the Andy, maybe Alan Gow playing with Airdrie. Or was he Airdrie twice? He was there and then he went to Rangers and then came back or something. I think only, only when we were good and won the league, he was a youngster coming through, but I don't think we got him back as a, a player. He maybe trained with us a couple of times, but basically right. they were saying he got made director of football and the queuing room was, that was not my decision. I wasn't, wasn't happy about it. Uh, so just that uh, Gow seemed quite balanced when he was on co-coms with Brian the other week. I, I suspect if he does another Airdrie Falkirk game, <laughs> <laughs> he might be a bit more partisan. Uh, uh, the wee guy, the wee guy for Dunbarn was great on the, the Diamonds TV at the weekend. I was at the game, but 
um, he was like really well spoken and he was like he was taking it well and he, he was obviously hiding his delight when like Paul Payton scored. He wasn't like jumping up and down and like swinging his top about. I wasn't hearing like any like wind sound for like he's he's shut for him about or whatever. I'm <laughs> um, like doing all that on on mute. <laughs> I think his headset off and doing a run room. <laughs> I, I forgot there's a mute button. Uh, he was quite reserved, unlike Brian, who was sort of saying, well, I mean, that was definitely a penalty. I mean, definitely <laughs> a penalty. Absolutely, definitely a penalty. <laughs> Maybe like when Airdrie scored like the third day, like just put his headset down, walked, ran outside, screamed, ran back up the stairs or, and then back onto like the, the headphones or whatever, I don't know, but... I, also I think, he maybe, the I think he maybe did that after the second goal. I think it was all over. I uh, I did watch the Queen's Park highlights as well, and their commentator gave it a real continental goal when they went three two up only four three. So that that did amuse me. Uh, yeah, so I get players. Then there's been a big turnaround in uh, in the squad. So who who's impressed you so far? I mean, it feels as if we've moaned about the midfield for years and we now seem to have options all over the place and Scott Agnew can't even get a game. Frizzle's been better than I think, but I'm going by reports. So so who's who's improved the midfield so much? Andrew? Well, I actually think there's a, there's a, a lot of good players in the team now, particularly in the midfield area, but I'm going to steal everybody's thunder here. It's Dylan Easton. And Dylan Easton! Come on, Dylan, Dylan Easton. Easton. The, the guy is the guy is magic. Um, the club shop needs to get the posters of him printed and ready and hanging there because I will wallpaper my house with those. I will wallpaper <laughs> every wall. It'll just be the TV, Dylan Easton, mirrors, and bit creepy, you know, bit creepy. Get, get, get a spine to him. It's that, 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 <laughs> that, Alan, that Alan Partridge fan. Yes, fan. Yeah, Alan Partridge, yeah. <laughs> I, I like I do like McCabe, but he doesn't play in the, the midfield much, so he can. I mean, his free kick taking was unbelievable, and the boy can ping a pass. We've not, we've not had midfielders for a couple of years, and now it's like, where does McCabe play? Once I don't know who, I don't even know if we've got a centre half to replace him. He's just going to play there for the end of the year. But um, I, I kind of think he was brought in to be like a sort of holding midfielding. So maybe I don't know if we're just sitting defence for the rest of the season. And McInroy, obviously, he seems quite reserved and bold and just tapping the ball about. But I think he's got more to offer. Sort of offensively as well, but it does likes to ping a shot. Yeah, I think um, obviously Dylan Easton grabs a lot of attention and is the sort of obvious pick with his skill, his ball carrying, he's uh, finishing the last couple of games as well, um, and the chances he creates. But I think you're right. I think McCabe. Um, one of the things I love about him when you're watching him when you're at the game, the amount of talking he does all the way through the match, the way he talks uh, young McGill through matches and any other young players that come on. Yeah. He's constantly communicating. He drops back into centre half no problem when he needs to. He he does have a lot of good passes um, in his in his repertoire. He's a very intelligent footballer. Um, yeah, he's that. The first mistake he ever made was missing that penalty since yeah. putting the shirt on. Pretty much. His dad, his dad shouts at all the players as well, and he's shouting at Reese. Do that, Reese. Do that. He sits like two rows behind me. He's shouting at all the players' instructions as well. So you've got like a sort of marshal on the pitch, and then yeah. in a really quiet like home venue, you get his dad as well. <laughs> like going, like, well, it was Rico at the time. Do that, Rico, and do that, Scott Walker, and, and all that. So, hi, father, look, son. Uh, Alan, anybody else grabbed your attention? I mean, it feels like Craig Watson's had more assists than Leon McCann had in his, his whole three years at Adrian. It's almost an accidental fullback by the looks of it, but anybody else have note? He does, he does like getting forward, Watson, doesn't he? Which is which is quite encouraging. You know, he's and he's and he's a bit, I think he's more physical as well, isn't he? You know, there's always that feeling that our fullbacks are always tiny guys that, that they can't defend and, and they're just they're just kind of bursting forward, but He's a bit of both, really, which is which is quite good. No, I think you know the obvious the obvious one is Dylan Easton. I would watch him all day. He's, he's, he's my type of player. You know, it's that ability to unlock the defence, the eye for the goal, and I think it's just that entertainment factor as well. You know, the number of folks sitting around about me. You know, they, he drops his shoulder and he gets by, and everybody's going, "Oh man, that's magic!" You know, and, that, and that's what you pay to see. You know, we, we, we want to see. There's not there's not enough of that in football anymore. So I that's think true. we're kind of we're kind of blessed with that, and also, 
you know, Fizzle's been good as well. You know, and I think he's got he can pack a good shot as well and kind of low centre of gravity. He's, he's just wanting to take guys on as as well, which 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 kind of makes a difference. Um, and as I say, I think the I think the arrival of of Ken McEnroy has has been you know it kind of came out in nowhere. I didn't really see it coming, and 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 there he was and. Uh, and I was speaking to him, my friend knows the, the 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 Celtic doctor actually, and and he'd been asking him what they felt about him, and the, the, the genuine feeling seems to be around Celtic that that he's the guy that's going to break through. You know, if, if there's going to be somebody coming out of the the homegrown talent, it may it, it could be him, which which is an interesting thing because, and I didn't realise this at the time, but one of my one of my colleagues at work is a Dunfermline fan, and they had McEnroy on loan last year. Um, and I was telling him how you know how he'd fitted in and how 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 well he was playing. And he said, "Oh, you know, he, he struggled. He didn't really make an impact at all. And and I think they ended up signing somebody else, and they never saw him again. So you know, in, interesting what a difference a bit of time makes, or is it the difference in the league? I, I, I don't, I'm not absolutely convinced because he just looks I'm like fair. a guy. I'm fairly might soon find out if there's a difference in the league. Well, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. They've had, a ter- they've had a terrible start, albeit they've not got beaten off anybody. Hardly. I think they've lost four games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bottom of the league, but they've only lost four mm-hmm. games. So, yeah, aye. Right. As an open question, do you prefer a 3 0 away from home humbling off Falkirk or a last gasp winner against Dumbarton? What, what made your heart sing more? I'll suggest that it's the easy win against Falkirk. Um, if only for my heart, if nothing else. But, <laughs> but, but to be honest, I, I, I would still stand by that because I think if you win an easy game, you've got to walk away from it and think we're doing everything properly. You know, we're defending well, we're attacking well, we're shutting the other team down and nullifying them. Everything is going absolutely right. You know, Saturday was brilliant and it was exciting and it's entertaining, but... We lost a goal to eight men, you know, and and we're, there's 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 problems there that need to be rectified, you know, if we're going to go further. So you know that, that's where the difference lies. With me, to be honest, I think you just you feel that you know an easy win is is you doing your job properly. I think I think Saturday's game. I thought they were going to win about six nil after about twenty minutes when they scored the goal. The way they were they were passing it about and things and. I think the rest of the game, the performance, there was a, there should have been a lot of questions. It was just great to enjoy it and just say, do you know what, we win. And I'll, I'll, just being an Airdrie fan, it's just great to take anyone. And I think the fact that we got some UK coverage and um, Craig Watson was in sort of UK 5 Live or whatever it's called, and we got a bit of exposure then. Maybe it'll bring some fans back and, um, and, and get some more people in the stadium, but I mean, we're, we're used to beating Falkirk. That's, I think that's the thing now, and we're not used to dominating them and beating them. Though we're used to like hanging on with our fingertips and what like, scrape my goal at the end. So it's nice to just actually thump them. And to be honest, I, they were a shambles when they came. Airdrie, they've not been that clinical all year. They scored with like two shots. They were totally outplayed. How we didn't beat them with ten men, I've no idea. So I was delighted to thump them, but. Saturday was just too exciting and you can compare them with the old games and things are starting to get exciting now so I think I, I like the Barton one it's Everything that Alan said about it being um, more professional about it being obviously an example that you've done your job properly, you know, going out and scudding them 3-0 and just kind of kicking them about the park with, with ease Um <laughs> It should be better. And we look back on Saturday, the, the Barton match, and say that it was great entertainment and that it was great fun. Looking back, it was great entertainment and great fun. But it wasn't that great at the time, sitting through it. Um, yeah. As Darren says, the first 10, 15, 20 minutes even, we looked like we might be giving the Barton a chasing. We stepped off it, let them back into the game, and then they probably had the better chances. Um <laughs> we miss the penalty, they go down to 10 men, it looks like it's going to be one of those days, we get what we all think is the last minute winner, and then we concede, you know, after the other two red cards, eight men, you're thinking that's it, and we win it at the death. It was only entertaining 
at the end. It was only good at the end. It was only good when Sal stuck his head on that um, absolute calamitous goalkeeping error. Um, so, yeah. He didn't, he didn't, he went like cuddling folk walking out the stadium and things like that. Yeah, I know. Going trying up to catch a breath for like 20 minutes afterwards. I know. I, I think if, if I got to choose, then yeah, you would you would take the three 0 all day. But with hindsight and retrospect, safe in the knowledge that you come out of it with the win at the very death, then obviously you would you'd be happy enough to win every game three two. <laughs> but uh, I don't know that I don't know that we could take that support. I don't know that any support could take that. Would certainly certainly lower the average age of a of a home crowd. We started doing that every time we played. <laughs> Maybe we should really be setting more. up. We should really be setting it up for the for the last ten minutes. You know, for cruising, just a cut, just give them a goal here or there, <laughs> just to keep it tight. Just, just so, just so that we can march on um, with 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 that little bit of excitement and a bit of a hugging <laughs> and the on the way down the stairs and on the, the way. No, I don't buy into that at all. Wow. My heart just can't. My heart just can't <laughs> take it. And as I say, you know, we do these things, and you know, because we do the podcast and whatever. You know, you, you are kind of forced to be a wee bit more analytical about it, and that's like, when you do start to be analytic. If you want to, I mean, if you want to look at, you know, some of the defending in the last in, in Saturday's game from both teams, even. But you know, but you, you, you'd look at it and go, "Oh my God!" You know, there's improvements to be made and whatever. And maybe that that takes away a little bit from from the, yeah. the overall. You know, we fought to the end, and you know, we still won the game and, and whatever. So you know, I. I when I Colin think... gave me the call up to come on the podcast, I'd, I'd done my research and I was tapping the, the, uh, the Diamonds TV library and I, I found it amazing how many goals Callum Gallagher had scored with like, empty nets, keeper like dropping the ball right at his feet. A guy actually standing the ball, I think it was like this defender after about five minutes just like tripped over the ball <laughs> and the keeper wasn't even in the goal. And then it's like, it's like everything just seems to be going away and then obviously well, just the goals we can see it's like I felt like we beat Alwa pretty easily last time and it was like typical Barry Ferguson they were just passing the ball left and right I call him Barry the Crab because it's just left, right, left, right it's like you know you can pass the ball forward and Alwa just content maybe a bit like Adrian in the past just content to sit and then Big Salmon came on we're obviously linking goals late at Dumbarton we had a bit of a scare I think at um Peterhead as well. The, the, the guy Brown scored a brilliant volley, right? Well, I don't know if it was like blown a gale, it was like dropped about 50 feet in the air or whatever. He just smashed it right in the top corner. And it just, that I think they'd like to make us sweat. I think I've, 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 I've always known that, but it feels like that's, that's sort of happening again now. So, see, I, see, I found the Aloha game quite frustrating because it, it ended up, it was like another all's well that ends well type, type of thing, but. You know, you always felt that if we got up the park, we looked dangerous and we could score, but we seemed quite content to to hang back and, and give them the ball. And it was, I, I would actually have it down as strangely one of our sort, sort of poorer performances. I kind of felt we had we had lost games and played a lot better than that. And yet, and it's an interesting thing watching the fans coming out the, out the, the ground that night. You know, and it was like the result was everything. And this is the thing, you know, it's it's is the result everything above and beyond the performance. And that's always a big debate. Would you would you take a, a sluggish performance every week if you if you won it versus you know no entertainment factor and, and whatever? And I, I never I don't really know what the right answer to that is, but it was certainly you, you felt you felt that we could uh, with a wee bit more confidence we could have gone on, gone on and probably dominated Alwa a lot more in that the game. Difference game I think yeah, I think it's worth remembering the Alloa game. We had, if I'm not getting mixed up, we had just come back. That was our second game in something like five days after the COVID outbreak amongst the squad. Yeah, yeah, and yeah I know. Since then, we have added McEnroy. Yeah, um, I know. And, and I think the COVID result was a little bit thing. Yeah, I think the feeling, the feeling of the result being so important after that match was probably because it was like, we need to get this home win here. Yeah. Um, that was the first home win but no I think you're right I think that performance um, was good in spells particularly in the final third but there was certainly areas in the park where it, especially when they managed, when they managed to pull one back yeah that uh, it was starting to look a wee bit hairy it'd be interesting to see how it all pans out on Saturday then because there's a yeah. direct comparison to 
where we were then and where and potentially where we are now. And you're you're right, there was there were and there were also I think there were clearly more injury problems kicking around than we even imagined because there was you know you know there were players missing. But even I think I believe that the, some of the guys that were some of the guys that played at Cove had, had injury problems, and there was the the post COVID thing as well. And you know it was it was. Easy, you know, it's maybe very easy in the face of it to, to, to be more critical of the sitting back against Cove and, and not doing very much when it looked like when the reality was we were maybe struggling to put put a team on the park. It's just just interesting actually thinking back to that. That you know, again, if we'd if we'd hung on for a couple of minutes against Cove, yeah. it would have been so you know we would have been really you know flying Probably. high. I uh, Cove and Barn. I think at the start this is we gave up the head start. I think we were what especially crippled. I don't know how. Other teams were maybe they were in the same boat again at the weekend. There just seems to be a lot of like cold and flu going about and things, and you worry if that maybe has like a sort of fatigue factor on on the sort of players as well, right? Like teams have bad games and things like that. But I, I generally think our energy levels are are much better. And in terms of like you want to see good football or bad football, I watched bad football. Oh, last season, I didn't know if we wanted, I didn't really, I would have partied if we went up against Morton, but at the same time, that team wasn't ready for the, no. that team wasn't ready for the, the championship division. They, I mean, we're just, like, we're lucky to have, like, 40% possession against any of the teams in the league last year. There's all sort of counter-attack. I don't think any of the players are really a patch in the team we've got now. And now I see a team that I expect to actually go and, what press players, control the game, pin them back, let them off the hook sometimes, bring them forward so you can kind of expose them. But um, mm. I, I, the football's it's a million times better. The goals, East, uh, Eastern stepovers, Frizzell's work rate, if, if he could shoot, he's a bit like... Um, Marvin Wilson. The wee guy, Faye. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, um, <laughs> Marvin Wilson, Sammy, Sammy Connor. Um, I, think, I think the football's... It's a million times better, isn't it? But I still, I still feel like the, the lower teams like we just go out and we can get like sixty percent possession and things. Like that. I don't think we're, I don't think we're up to that yet. Um, but that we, we certainly need that to take pressure off the defense because the defense just they're not they're not at it. And even when we had the the cap for dice and uh, Sean Crichton last year, they were they weren't a patch on what they were the year before. They they went down like downhill massively for two seasons ago, and the fences it's, it's still a bit of a worry. I tell you the height maybe. I'm I'm looking for signs that we can win the league, Darren. You <laughs> me, you mentioned one which is Falkirk, uh, who are like the biggest team in the league by a distance. If you go on attendances, there's a Q and A which we could all have a laugh at, but it did show them just to be in a bit of disarray. Uh, the, the game that they did win that the one game I was at I, I agree I, I'm used to seeing like, yes well we, we've been good against Falkirk but I remember going to the Falkirk Stadium and uh, the 2-1 victory with, with Gallagher's head in the last minute for spells of that game we couldn't get the ball whereas they don't they don't seem a patch on that kind of thing they don't look like the dominant team in the league who you have to get a smash and grab against uh, and their form is terrible three wins in 11 or something like that so the longer that continues, the better. If you say your Q and A with sack too many managers, it puts you in a difficult situation because you can't really go out and do that. Uh, so I am hopeful that their bad form continues long enough that they're just out of it. And then Alan, I think as you've said, it's it's kind of anyone's. Yes, uh, I'm not saying we're better than Cover Queens Park, but given that our, our form is better than theirs, so there, there's every reason to to be hopeful. And then on. Queen of the South defeat in the League Cup, which I, I, I watched the live stream of, and we were just in disarray and like balls coming back off the crossbar and the players like staring with their hands in their pockets while Ali Roy knocked in another goal. Fast forward to the reaction to the goal on Saturday and whatever Dylan Easton said to Paul Payton and just the absolute joy and the, 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 the gang mentality. Brian Prunty's running as far as he can, having Ian Murray showing Dumbarton no respect in terms of being the, their former club. Uh, it looks like a team that's that's just got a grown belief. So I'm just putting all my hopes on this. Is, this is finally going to be our year. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a delusional no, take it to the bank. You're right. It's happening. 
I think so too. I think there's a wee bit of depth there as well, and there's there's, there's kind of different options, you know, that, yeah. that we can play different ways as well. I mean, the one thing, you know, I, I, the, the one thing that I'm looking at at the moment is I'd love to see Gabby McGill playing through the middle, right up front, rather than being wide on the right. So that's, that's an option that we've not really seen yet. He runs all day. I think he's actually a little bit more robust than and hanging on, and, and you know, he can bring other players into play maybe a wee bit more than Gallagher even um, and you know there's an option for you to you know to, to, to work with that uh, you know there's, there's 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 guys in the middle of the park that can fit in you know we're not quite as exposed there's not quite that feeling that if one guy isn't he playing then you know we're going to lose the midfield type of a thing which was always the case yeah he's, he's been really good Miguel's been good <laughs> I worry about Gallagher. I do. I don't. I don't see him being up to the standards of the rest of the team. I like. I like to see Salim get a run. I think I'm. I'm glad he got his first goal. I think if we had a good striker, obviously not all the baggage that goes with Goodwillie. If we had Goodwillie, the league's the league's done. Do you know what I mean if, if we've got somebody that sort of caliber, we don't score everyone. I think. Yeah. I think the problem with Gallagher at the moment is and. I have to say, I've just been so impressed by his work rate. I think he just tries like a beer all the time. But he's a little bit like kind of uh, Lyndon Dykes, I think, for Scotland, in that he's at his best when that 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 good ball is coming in behind defenders or yeah. in between defenders. And he's, you know, he's a bit of the cobra from two yards out type of a thing. And if that's not, if those balls aren't running for him, He's not got quite as much to bring to the table as maybe Gabby McGill would have. You know that that that's I don't find him as effective outside the box. Um, so I feel a little bit sorry for him, and, and half the time as well. And in, in the early, especially in the earlier games, you know those big long balls that were going like a rapier missile to him at a hundred miles an hour are over <laughs> his head. You know that's not what he's looking for in the in the game. So, but you know. With the view of consistency, his goal rate at Tally has not been wonderful. Therefore, if there was a wee refresher to be made, then I would be interested to see McGill playing through the middle up, up front uh, and, and, and see if that brings a different dynamic to it. Darren and Alan have guaranteed, all but guaranteed, that Gallagher's scoring on Saturday now. Yes, well, that's um, fine. That was the plan. We spoke, when you, you were late, we spoke about that and we're like, we're going to... He does tend to pop up with goals. Um, and I know exactly what Alan's talking about um, when he's compared to Lyndon Dykes. He makes those front post runs. That goal that Dykes got against Israel for Scotland, yeah. um, the one that was controversial for a bit until VAR, you know, should have needed VAR for that. It was a terrible call by the referee to start with because it was a really good goal. But that's a Gallagher type goal. Yeah. Um, a front post run across the face of the first defender and getting there first. That's the kind of thing that he thrives on. And we've seen that with the goal against Clyde, the, when Dylan Easton uh, took the proverbial out of half the Clyde team <laughs> and then flashes it across. It looks like an easy tap-in. It looks like the simplest of goals. And when he's there, it is. But there's a reason he's there. He's not in that position through luck. He is... I think Cobra is a really good um, way of describing it. When he's in the box, he 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 is instinctive in that way, and he he does know how to operate in those zones. So um, I think we 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 have a, a valuable player there. But I've also really really liked McGill um, since he came in. It was a shame when he picked up that wee injury that he did and missed a few games because I thought he looked he looked very tasty. Um, when we started to put some wins together, he seemed quite integral to that. He he seemed quite quite key to that. Yeah, you know, I really really like him, and I'd have absolutely no problem. Like Alan says, there's options there. You've got Gavin McGill, you've got Salim that you can start now that he's starting to get back to fitness, and now that he's got his goal, and um, you can put Carl Smith through the middle, um, which, as far as Carl Smith's concerned, is where he wants to play if he if he gets the choice. So there are options um, yeah. to try and change things if we need to change things during the game. Um, I don't expect that. There will be many changes because I think Murray seems quite settled on his XI at the moment. Yeah. But we have options, and that's that's really good because 
there were times even last season, despite the fact that we ended up in a good position come the end of the season in the league table, there were times last season where you thought, if we need to change this game, if we go behind in this game, what are we going to do? So, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot there. I agree in the fact that with Gallagher, if you, he, is, he is a poacher. He's like Alan McCoy's at Rangers and, and things. And somebody had said in the radio on it, if Erling Haaland signed for Man City, he wouldn't score as many goals because he works on a, like a counter-attacking sort of like team. And he's got power on the pace and the run. And I mean, I mean, the guy's a, a, a goal scorer. Just He's just a machine anyway. And I think he would score for Man City as well. But with Gallagher, you need that possession. You need the balls coming into the box. And I think we're not dominating teams yet. We're getting better than we were in the past. And I, I, I think Alan Wright with all the pacey, like Miguel and stuff, then I think you need that. It's like, I, I, I don't understand why we don't like keep somebody up at corners. Do you know what I mean? I don't understand why we don't score goals anymore with like slide roll passes. Do you know what I mean? I don't... There's, there's just things that I'm just used to seeing all these years ago and then I'm, I'm watching and it's like, keep keep somebody up front. They need to keep two men up front. Uh, they need to keep two men back if you've got one man up front. So why... I've, why have I've never that? understood that because, I mean, even if they, if you win the corner and head it out or clear your lines, you know it's just coming right back at you again. You know, you're not giving them anything to think about at all. It's, yeah. it's a very strange philosophy. And you, especially when you've got a guy like Adam Frizzle, Adam Frizzle on your team, you know, that with the best will in the world, he's not going to win a header, is he? So he no. might as well be up standing in the halfway line making a nuisance of himself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't understand the subs as well. I think I think that that might cost us the, the managerial aspect. I think Colin could manage a team as far as I'm concerned. The players are that good. The squad, I'm, I think, is maybe a bit like, particularly in, not the midfield, maybe up front we've got some players, but I'm, I'm kind of dubious about, I don't, I'm not sure about Jordan Allen. Gallagher's good if you're pressing, but I just, um, I, I think, he went all sort of Jimmy Calderwood. Somebody had said in, I think, the forum there, we, it was like, just throw in all the strikers, just what, throw what, on them. Like, what, like tanned? Did he get, get all tanned on the, on the, on the sideline? <laughs> That's it. He was he was slapping on the lotion and stuff like that. It's like, I'm doing anything to win this game, but um, I was just we had like I don't know four or five strikers on and two defenders and uh, and I was like, do you know what I like? I like this sort of like throwing everything at the window. What's the expression? But gung ho, I when the captain sink at Just Brian Ponty, they need to give him a like, a bugle or something. Just to give a wee toot in that, so they know they're on the, the cavalry, uh, cavalry charge. So, um, John O'Brien could bring his vuvuzela to it, can he? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was <laughs> <laughs> Maybe start. I, I was wondering earlier when you were talking about getting the merch out for Dylan Easton, how many lines you would need to draw on a Tam Rab t shirt to make it into a Dylan Easton t shirt. I've <laughs> 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 all that stock sitting there. A who t-shirt? Who are you talking about? <laughs> talking see when you mentioned, see when you mentioned Thomas Robert, I was queuing to get into the one turnstile at Falkirk the other day, and there was a boy standing in front of me, and I don't know how he did it, but his mate sent him a team sheet, and it had Thomas Robert playing. Uh, Sky put that up when Sky put the team sheets up. That's, I think that's the second week in a row they've done that. Was instead it? of instead of Callum Smith, it, they've got Tam Robert every time. Oh, this guy was really confused. And he's going, when did he come back? Who's that? <laughs> Should he be in the team? And I, was like, I yeah. don't think I don't think that's right, mate. I don't. I think somebody's been having a money here. It's just Sky being Sky. Ah, well, fair enough. There you go. Mm. One interesting point, and I was just going to bring this up about the Dumbarton game, and I've often wondered this. Do you not think that the referee should have it in his authority to blow on 90-odd minutes? If the team that has been wasting time, he's meant to add on extra time for the, the team that's been wasting time. And if it's because we 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 were so disadvantaged by them cheating the whole of the game and, and wasting time, the referee should be able to blow on 90 minutes there and say, right, Andrew, you've won. Do you not think so? Waste your own time, not waste my time, that kind of <laughs> Aye, exactly. Exactly. That but should I... be that should be a rule. <laughs> I, I think when they blows the whistle. They should play to the like the ball stops, 
or gets kicked <laughs> at the park. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a like, right, cook. last, aye, this is your last chance, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like the rugby, because it's like, like, sometimes people are attacking and it's like a really good attack and then it just blows the whistle and it's like, another five seconds we might have scored, but. I, I quite like, it, it's horrible to watch it when it's happening, but um, just like in the Scotland game, the 3-2 victory over Israel, because the Israel player pretends that Lyndon Dykes has kicked him in the head and rolls about on the floor to the point where the treatment people come on and he incurs that extra time at the end of the match. Had he just stood up, went, oh, I got there first, play on, they would not have had the same level of injury time added on mm. in Scotland. wouldn't have had the time to score their winner. They should When it works like that and the time wasters end up being hoisted by their own petard, mm. then it has a delicious bit of poetic irony. That that, 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 that's fair enough but if we're then playing if we're playing five extra minutes because they've cheated and we've we've then put ourselves in a position to win the game the referee's got to be able to use discretion and say oh yeah if Israel are winning at 90 minutes that should be it it doesn't yeah. matter what's happened there could have been a 10 minute stoppage in the game for an injury if Israel are winning at 90 minutes that's the game over I think that's oh. what the Scottish football could get behind <laughs> that's, that's, that's a given do you, know, do you not think it'd be a good idea if they fake like concussion that you should make them do the concussion assessment anyway so they're like sitting down <laughs> yeah, for yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. What they should make them do is they should make them wear a bandage round their heads, but also down <laughs> under their chin so they look like <laughs> Anytime we score, no matter when we scored against, uh, when we got the first one on Saturday, um, the first penalty, I shouted, that's full time ref. I did it anytime <laughs> we score. Just call it there, that's to me. <laughs> we can all go home early. Oh, see, see, like, I no, Darren wouldn't get his money's worth then at that point. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't have got that that extra the hugging the the hugging the tongue on the way down out the game out the ground. <laughs> Mind you, I'm not sure we entirely want uh, Darren to get what he wants. He said Colin should take over as manager. I don't know. Uh, he, said, he, said, he said he said even Colin could manage this team, <laughs> which is quite different. I mean, Colin, Colin, if, if Colin was in goals, like if he, if he passed experience, then. <laughs> and we tied up as well at player manager, I think. Oh, but you've said he can only dive to the one side. Uh, so oh, I just I just stand at one of the posts. I do like the left post because he could only dive to the right. So um. unconventional football tactics. Two men on one post and him dive to the other. We used to play in Darren's garden. We should be good at football, Darren, because we played in your garden, which was about what 20 yards long and four wide, four yards wide. Uh, so we should, be, we should be like technically brilliant. Uh, and it was on a massive slope as well. So I was good at diving up the hill because you didn't need to fall too far. But going to the but other side was a bit scary. Blowaways, by the way, we blowaways. So the ball was what moving in the air. He was still catching the ball. None of this punching it away like your international like, <laughs> stuff. The, the, guy was, the guy was catching them and it was like swerving like so many times. I peaked at seven years old though. I couldn't get in the previous yeah, well, BB team. Well, so well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Anything else that, that that's you're dying to say about Airdrie before we before we wrap up? The cup draw is an interesting one. I just want to get through that round and get a big draw and get some money in, to be honest, so we can focus on the league. <laughs> yeah, Stanny, um the season that they were in the same division as us, um I started going out with my girlfriend and she's grew up right beside the stadium, uh, right beside local view. So it was like the it was like a wee derby between us. The idea being that if, whenever we played, if Airdrie won, uh, she'd have to buy me dinner. And if uh, Steny won, I'd have to buy her dinner. So hopefully I can squeeze another dinner out of that, that cup tie. Who you going Tom Hortons for dinner? Well, no, if, uh, if I'm buying it, it'll be Tim Hortons. <laughs> He's buying it as Miller and Carter or something. <laughs> what do you think? Winnable, Alan? Name on the cup? Name on the on the cup. Ah, <laughs> we're going to do the double this year. Uh, I think we can beat Stenhouse Muir. Pretty yeah. sure of that. Yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with that. Um, my 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 short time my short term wish. It's a very small wish, but I just like to see us wear the proper full home strip. You know, the 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 home top with black shorts and the black socks. That would be quite nice at the moment. There's no reason why we should be we should be changing and even wearing the red shorts at the weekend there why, why are we doing that make make the opposition change our strips wherever possible we're too kind to away I agree Alan to visit teams in fact if they're away tops a, a clash let them wear our third kit or something like that uh, rather than well, they, they should uh, have they should have their own 
kit that doesn't clash. Remember, remember we had to a few years back when the Hamilton were still in our league, and we actually had we were forced to have, to have a third strip in the sky blue just in case we just for the game against Hamilton. So you know, if we had to do that, then they can all change. We've got to dictate that that we're wearing our, our home strip as as designed. I think. I agree. I agree. That's one of the many, many things I love about watching us play Falkirk away. We wear black shorts mm-hmm. with a white home top. And it's, it's delightful. And it clearly works because we smash them all the time. Yeah. Definitely. I guess, my, I guess my concern for just the rest of the season is obviously the January window. And I think the, the, the board have got to be commended for their, reaching deep into their pockets and, and getting in the sort of caliber players that they've got. And how much sort of reserves of these like Queen's Parks and like how much money are they in Cove? How much have they got to spend still? Do you know what I mean? Because if they can pull in like a really good youngster for like one of the top teams in Scotland or like I think Queen's Park, I've got what one of the guys for Liverpool or something. He was it was pretty much a standout when he played it the, the first cup game with Queen's Park. So I think I'd, I went I went like a Celtic Ranger away, I think. We've beat Stenhouse, we're in the cup. Let's get old firm. Let's give the, the club some money in that so we can strengthen our, our areas a few bit a bit more for the start of next year. And then let's let's go up into the big the, the next big league and start like causing sort of havoc up there as well. Yeah. Andrew, you mentioned Thistle's run after the, the break, but kind of after the January spell as well. And they brought they brought Tiffany in and it just made a massive difference. So yeah. Uh, yeah what they what the 80s singer? Yeah, <laughs> running just as fast as he can. Just <laughs> showing your age, Colin. <laughs> Andrew, How you got, quickly you got that. No, it was well, because, well, well done. When they, when they, just as fast as you can. <laughs> Usually, when you say Tiffany, he talks about bracelets. <laughs> when they, when they signed them, one of the parts of the thistle, they said, they said, "We have signed." Jonathan Tiffany, one of the thistle fans, said, "I think it's a loan now," which I thought was was great. <laughs> Andrew, you any closing wishes? We continue to keep everybody that's crucial fit, that we continue to play the way we're playing, that nothing happens to our precious Dylan Easton, and that Kerr McEnroy stays beyond January. That'll do me. Excellent, guys. I've, I've really enjoyed that. I hope we're this demob happy the next time we, we get together. But, uh, yeah, good luck to the team for Saturday and, and beyond. And, yeah, let's go and win the league. Absolutely. And let's try and kick down the hill in the first half on Saturday. No more sorrow